Welcome to Mighty Parenting, a podcast with real, raw, and relevant talk about raising teens and parenting young adults. Welcome to Mighty Parenting, a community where we help you raise teens and parent 20-somethings so they can become happy, successful, and emotionally healthy adults. I'm Sandy Fowler, stress relief guide for moms and host of the Mighty Parenting podcast, reminding you to go to mightyparenting.com to get your free email series on how to talk to your teen. When it comes to our kids, you know, we generally think of leadership as being president of a student organization or captain of a sports team, but leadership goes far beyond those boundaries. It can show up in myriad ways in everyday life for our kids. And that's great, but why do we care about it? I mean, I know every college is asking about it on their application. Scholarship applications certainly ask about it. But really, like, other than checking off those boxes, why should we care? Well, today's guest is going to show us why we should care. Her name is Renee Sinning. Renee is a coach specializing in life leadership and success coaching for teenagers. And Renee spent years in the classroom where she saw kids who were falling through the cracks. And so now she wants every teenager to recognize and embrace who they are at their core and to feel confident in their own skin. Renee, welcome to Mighty Parenting. Thank you, Sandy. I'm glad to be here. I am too. As I told you before we came on that I'm super excited to talk about leadership. I have some definite thoughts about it myself that in going through your work, I think you address beautifully above and beyond anything that I certainly ever thought of. So let's talk about leadership and not what we think it is, but what it really is and how it's not just being the head honcho in some student group, in some student group. So what does leadership look like for our teens? Yeah. So, well, first of all, one definition of leadership that I really like is the ability to motivate ourselves and others into action. But for the purposes of this, just the ability to motivate yourself into action is a key leadership quality that everybody has within them, right? Everyone is a leader either by choice or by default. So you might not be the president of a club or a team captain or have the lead in the play, but you're still a leader of yourself in your own right. And if teenagers saw themselves as leaders, it's just something that's not talked about really at home or in school. And it's so important qualities like accountability, responsibility, um, communication, all of those types of quantity, being proactive, those are all really important leadership skills for teenagers and young adults. For If you take accountability, for example, accountability is like um, the ability to be counted on. So studying for a test, you know, are you holding yourself accountable so you can get that grade? Are you going for tutoring when you need it? Are you filling out a job or a college application in a timely manner of your own accord? Or do you have people like your parents on you or counselors on you? You know, or do you show up on time? Are you true to your word? Can other people count on what you say you're gonna do? So that's just looking at accountability in the eyes of a teen or young adult. And it's not something that's really talked about. So kids, a lot of times, they just don't think about it. They don't understand it. Parents don't share. I did it when I was a parent, right? I wasn't really in the leadership mindset. I didn't have my coaching yet. And 
I taught and I was always leading my kids to a point, but I didn't really talk about it. Like if I was in the classroom now, if my kids were teenagers now, I think I'd be talking about it a lot more. It's so important. And I, I really think it should be taught in the schools. Well, you mentioned there the idea of leading by choice or by default. What do you mean by that? I mean, so everyone, so we all have different roles that we play, right? So like, for example, me as a mom, that's one role I play. And that's a leadership role I play. When I was in the classroom, I was a teacher. That's a leadership role I play. But I'm always a leader to myself. And the same goes for teenagers and young adults. In your friend group, you might be the uh, chosen leader, or you might have those different roles, like we talked about, like be the captain of a team or president. Those are roles, but everybody is a leader of their self. You get to choose how you show up in the world. And that is that in itself is self-leadership. Do you hold yourself accountable? That's a leadership quality. That's, you know, we are all, because a lot of times teenagers don't see themselves as leaders because everyone's kind of telling them what to do. They're getting all these messages. Your parents telling you, go to bed, get up, study for the test, make sure you have good grades. Your teachers are telling you, you have this, this, this do. So you have all these messages coming at you of people telling you what to do. So you're not even thinking that, hey, I have some choices of my own. I can be a leader of myself. And it's just so important because most teens just don't think of themselves as leaders. And I asked my daughter, who's 26 now, I did ask her one time, I said, her name's Megan. I said, hey, Megan, what if, what would be, and she was a good kid, you know, she was, you know, involved in sports and she was just kind of run of the mill, middle of the road kid. And I said, what would have been different for you, if anything, if I would have like told you you're a leader in your own right? Like we always told the kids, you can do anything you want to do but never use that actual word, which I think is so important. And she said that she's like, I wouldn't have done really that much different, but I may have, if I saw myself, cause she was in a sorority in college, I may have tried out for some positions within the sorority. You know, I may have tried to go get some of those, some of those leadership roles if I saw myself as a leader. So even though we kind of gave her the, me- the kids, the message, you know, you can do anything you want to do actually having them think of themselves as a leader in their own right, I think is really powerful. Does that make sense? It does. And I'm thinking about this idea of leading yourself and they may not be showing up as a leader for themselves. What does that look like when our kids aren't doing that? Yeah, that's, well, that's when I think our parents are nagging them, telling them, go to bed, get up, do your homework. Did you fill your job application yet? When are you going to get your driver's license? Get out of bed. You know, those are us telling them what to do, not putting the responsibility on them. And in a way, it, it, it stymies them because they, they don't have to think about it. They don't have to think, oh, I need to get enough sleep. Or I need to go to bed because I have this test tomorrow. Or I need to, why why is my mom when I'm 18 years old and a senior in high school waking me up in the morning? Like that that's what a lot of kids do. But if we kind of teach them, hey, you're a leader in your own right. You need to get yourself up in the morning. And if you miss school, and I know some parents are, you know, struggle with that, but I'm kind of of the mindset of letting our kids fail because that's where all the important lessons happen. And so what happens if they 
don't wake up for school and they miss school for a day. Well, there's consequences, right? So that's kind of responsibility. That's a big leadership quality. And so how about holding them responsible? So if they don't get themselves up in the morning, then they miss school, they miss a test, they have to make it up. Um, they don't get, we, then we take away their privileges because, you know, they're still in our home and we have to do that and let them feel the consequences of not being responsible. Let them feel the consequences of not holding themselves accountable to an extent. I mean, they're still kids and we still have to guide them, but the more leadership like uh, responsibilities that we can give them and teach them and talk about it so they kind of know what's happening, that's a huge gift we can give them. Sometimes letting our kids fail is the biggest gift we can give them, as hard as it is as a parent to watch. And I agree with you. And I see that. And I also can feel parents sitting there who are like, I have the kid who won't care. They won't care about the consequences. They don't care about their grades. They don't care about a privilege being taken away. They just aren't doing it, even when I give them that space to make those mistakes. Yeah. What do I do? Why are they doing that? Like, what am I, am I doing something wrong? Is it just them? What do I do about this? Yeah, I would say to the parents, no, you're not doing anything wrong. Like we can't blame ourselves because ultimately we have choice in the world. And I had one of those kids. So I have three kids and my middle child was that kid. He's a kid that fell through the cracks, didn't care about school. He's 20, 21, almost 22 now. So he won't go to college, but he's finally getting it together. Sometimes those kids are struggling with executive function skills and they want to do good, but they just can't. So as a parent, it's like really you have to figure out and it's not always easy, but we have to figure out kind of what it is that does motivate them. There's a reason why they don't care. You know, there's a reason why kids are angry. There's a reason. So it's about kind of finding that reason. And you might take them to a therapist, which we did. Our son was in a therapist for four years, but it didn't work for him because it wasn't what he needed. He still fell through the cracks. So it's kind of just like a puzzle, like figuring out what's going to work for my kid. And it wasn't until we got him and basically forced him. He was 18 at the time. It's kind of like, it's time. Like you're going to go into this program or you're, you're out. And that was like such a hard, tough, um, like decision as a parent, like, oh my gosh, to tell your kid that, but he did. And it was more of a coaching mentoring type of program. And in three months, his whole perspective shift because we had him in therapy thinking that's what you're supposed to do. This kid won't do anything. He's barely passing high school. He's in with the wrong crowd. He didn't care, didn't care about school, was failing everything. We took him out of the regular high school and put him in like one of those kind of alternative high schools because that's the only way he was going to get through it. So a lot of that for him too. And for a lot of kids, it's immaturity. And it's executive function skills. So I don't know if you're familiar with that, Sandy, but that's the part of your brain, you know, the part of your brain that's not yet developed. So some kids, they don't know how to regulate their emotions. They don't know how like self-reflection and awareness, how to plan, how to organize, how to prioritize. Some of that stuff is so hard and overwhelming for them that they just shut down. And in that case, just kind of have to figure out who's the right person to get them out of the funk. And I don't know that there's no, there's no one answer. Wouldn't that be great as parents, if there's one answer and says, Oh, your kid doesn't care, do this, but it isn't, it's a puzzle. And you just kind of have to figure out 
and it can be a long, long, long process trying to figure out what, how am I going to light his fire? But so you just kind of almost have to explore every avenue. Is this executive function? Is it not, is it that he wants to do it, but he can't, and it's been so hard for so long that he's just shut down. Is it that they're telling themselves stories? Kids get stuck in their own head. I'm not good enough. I can't do it. It's too hard. I'm never going to use this. They tell themselves these stories to kind of protect themselves. It's kind of like, well, you know, and so it's a matter of, it is, it's a, it's just a big giant puzzle for parents to figure out what is the thing that is going to light my kid's fire. But there's a reason, there is a reason there why your kid's not showing up. And quick note for everyone listening. We have a couple shows on executive function help. So I'll put those in the show notes so you can pop over and grab that. But I love Renee, this idea of thinking of it as a puzzle and talking to your kid about it straight out and saying, I see you're struggling. I would love to help you. I would, I am happy to sort through and figure out what the stumbling block is and get you whatever help or support you need to get over around or under that stumbling block. Yeah, that's so important because, you know, so many teenagers feel misunderstood. They think that we don't get them. And the bottom line is that teenagers want to be seen. They want to feel heard and they want to feel valued. And when those pieces are missing, it's really easy for them to shut and really anybody to like shut down and act like you don't care. And I actually did a podcast one on once on um, one thing to tell your parents or tell your kids every day, do this one thing. And that is find something good in your kid every single day and tell them teenagers can make it hard. You know, if they're in a tough spot and they're kind of mean and angry and just down on the world and negative, it can be really hard to find that good thing, but it's so important as parents to find something good in your kid and tell them at least once a day, I like your shoes. I like your shirt. Hey, that's, you know, thank you for taking your sister here or unloading the dish. It doesn't matter how big or small it is. The more we can tell them something good about themselves, especially when they have that lower self-esteem and low self-confidence, the better, you know, they might not respond. They might say, yeah, whatever. Or yeah, uh I like what, or slam the door at us, but they hear you, you know? And so there's a reason why they're showing up the way they are. And, and that is just, we got to find that piece. I had a conversation with my daughter the other day where I initiated and I just thanked her because the day before I'd asked her a question And she hesitated and I could see she was making herself answer when she didn't want to. So I just, I made sure I went back the next day and I just told her, I thanked her for sharing that with me. And I told her how much it meant to me and how for me that builds on our relationship. Because I know as parents, again, we get upset. We say, oh, our teens won't talk to us or they're just surly or they won't tell me anything. They won't answer my question. And so that one thing could be as simple as thanking them when they do. Thanks so much for spending a little time talking to me or thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah. And, and, and why that, that, that means so much to me because, mm-hmm. because they don't often see other people's perspectives. 
And and they and because they don't think that we understand them, and a lot of times actually too, teens don't share with us because they think that we're gonna give a tell them what to do or give them advice because they have so many messages coming at them. So also when you're talking to your teen and say, or say, hey, I'm here to listen if you want to talk. Do you want my, or if they want to talk or you ask them a question, do you want my advice or do you want me just to listen? Because it's so easy for parents to get into fix it mode because we know, we know what's best for them to an extent. We know how to help them, but they're not, they might not be ready to hear it. You know, so if you ask them a question, I just, and, and if you like, as a parent have been one to criticize or judge, and we, everyone does it from time to time just, you know, look back on that. If, if that's kind of the relationship you have, you, you can fix that. You just kind of own up to it say, oh, I know in the past, maybe I've given you advice when you haven't wanted, wanted it, or maybe I've been a little bit too critical, or I know that's hard. I'm really working on that from my perspective. So next time you want to talk, if you want me just to listen and you don't want my advice, I'm going to work really hard to just be there for you or whatever it is. Just you could open up that communication again and kind of become that safe space for them to fall. But it might be a process depending on where your relationship is right now. Okay. So let's circle back. And speaking of kids not like being told what to do and how to do things, how do we help our kids grow and develop their leadership abilities? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is a conversation kind of talking about it, kind of tell them, Hey, you are a leader, but everyone's a leader by choice or by default. And this is how I've seen you lead. Talk about what it means to be a leader, model it to them, give them responsibility and explain to them what you're doing, hold them accountable. You know, if they make a mistake and there's consequences, this is why tell them I'm holding you accountable because teach them how to communicate and how to be proactive. So a lot of it, I think, has to do with conversation. Like you're not going to be here forever. And when you're 18 or 20 or 22, you're going to be out on your own. These are important skills because, and I'm not doing this to be mean or to be like, tell you what to do. This is for you so that you can be independent. So you can go, go and grow. And, and, and again, teens aren't always going to listen, but they're going to hear they're going to hear us. And the more you say it and the more you model and the more you tell them why. A lot of times if you say, um, they don't want to be told just to do something, but if you can explain why. I'd like you to do this because, or I'm asking you to, um, I expect you to do this. I expect you to, um, I can't think of a good example right now, but. Well, here's a small one, right? Okay. <laughs> Chores. I think yeah. a lot of kids just see them as penalty or mom or dad don't want to do it, you know, mom, mom are too lazy to do it, whatever that is. Whereas if you have the conversation and say, Hey, these are, we all live here. We all contribute to the household in different ways. And one of the ways you contribute is through doing these chores, you know, mom is contributing through her chores and through paychecks or, you know, dad or the other mom or the other dad is contributing through whatever way they're doing it and just talk about it a little bit. I know we did that with our girls when they were really, really little. We, we decided to, we didn't pay for chores. We gave them an allowance. And that was the conversation we had with them was everybody contributes to the household and everybody 
receives from the household. So mom and dad also got allowances. That that's our money to spend without having to talk to the other person in the in the marriage about mm-hmm. is I can do anything I want with that money. That's my allowance. I don't have to have his he might think it's the dumbest thing on the planet, but that's my money. And so we just right. had that conversation and then we carried it through as they grew up going we all contribute to the household. And that shifts. I have one daughter who she, she's in transition. And so at this moment when we're, we're pre-recording here, so in this moment, in the midst of COVID, she doesn't have a job, doesn't have a part-time job. So I handed her a ton of extra work around the house. Mm-hmm. I'm working, yeah. her dad is working, her sister is working. Therefore, it falls on her to do much, much more of the household responsibilities. But we explained it to her. Right. Yeah, I think communication is so key. I right, and you know, my 21-year-old lives at home. He he didn't go to college, but he's he's holding down a job, so he's doing good. And but we make him pay rent. And we just started that maybe six months ago. We started just with a small amount, like a hundred dollars a month, and now we're up to like three hundred dollars a month. But he's going on 22, and we explained why. Listen, this is for food, housing, shelter. You're an adult now. This is for uh, your phone, et cetera, et cetera. And we explain the same thing, just like you said, we explain why, you know, we're all part of this household. We all contribute. And it's time for you to learn that responsibility so that when you go out on your own, which is a goal he has, you are able to do that. You understand how to be responsible, how to hold yourself accountable. And we still have to get on and like, hey, rent's due today. And that's something we're working on. Like, I shouldn't have to ask you for the rent. And so, and we've started putting on a little uh, penalty, like $5, like rent's due on this day. And if you're late, it's going to be five extra dollars because this is what happens in the real world. You can't be late when you have a landlord. And and even just like rent unloading the dishwasher the other day, I was like, hey, Nick, I'm working, dad's working. You need to go unload the dishwasher. And, and he did it. But, but it's about, I think so much of it is communication an explanation. Kids don't want to be told what to do without reason. And when they start to understand why we're asking them to do this and why it matters to them for their life and for their future, these are skills you're going to take for your whole life. It just, it, it flies better. And, and again, sometimes as parents, we have to backtrack, you know, maybe that's not where we're at with them right now. So you kind of have to go back to square one and rebuild that, but it can be done. Kind of open those lines to communication, be there to listen, to be their sounding board and not always in fix it mode, which can be really hard as a parent. Exactly. So a couple of things. One reminder, go to mightyparenting.com and get that email series. It will help with that communication piece Two, the rent thing. I totally agree, Renee. And we do something like that. And a couple tips, because I know there are some parents who are like, I can't charge my kid rent. So a couple of things. One is you can charge them rent and just save it for them. And when they move out, surprise them with that is either a cash gift or buy them something they need or want or do something like that with it. The other piece on that paying rent is, like you said, it shows them this is the real world. It also helps to prevent you from being the parent who has a 32-year-old adult living in your house while you're paying for all their bills and cooking their food and doing their laundry. Because I talk to parents who are in those spots. And Mm -hmm. 
who wouldn't move out when you have someone paying your bills and cooking your food and doing your laundry? I mean, that's a super nice, cushy, comfy way to live, right? A lot of kids would just do, or kids, a lot of adults would just do that. So that's a little parent side of of that piece. Um, For the, going way back in our conversation, because it ties in where we're at now, you mentioned, you were talking about, um, if teens see themselves as leaders, things like accountability. And you said accountability is showing up. And then you also told us, you know, tell them, tell them good things about themselves, tell them how you see themselves showing up. And the thought occurred to me that oftentimes it can be easier to find examples where they've done something for a friend. So I can say, you know, you were really there for Marcy when she was so upset when, you know, she didn't make the team or she was struggling with the class or her parents were arguing or whatever it is, you know, that was really great. The way that you showed up for her was very responsible way to be a friend to her. Or if we're having conversations about what is leadership, I can just say, Hey, it's, it's accountability. It's being willing to show up. So in your friendships, you're being accountable to your friends. You don't just go, well, I'll I'll be there when I feel like it and it's fun. No, you show up when it's hard. You show up when they need to move and it's inconvenient for you, or you show up and you stand up in their wedding and spend a bunch of money and travel to be there when that's a stretch or a challenge for you. Like those are ways that I've seen you do that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's great example because kids are often more open and it's easier for them to do things for others than necessarily for their siblings or their parents, just because we're their safe space and we're where they kind of let everything out. So that's great. I love that because you can a lot of times see those leadership qualities in how they act outside of the house. And by bringing that to their attention, that's really important. Anytime we can find good things that we do. We just have to tell them it's so important. They, they can't hear it too much. You know what I mean? Little or big, they just can't hear it too much. Whether it's something surface, like the shirt you're wearing or something really good, like that example, they, they, they can't hear it too much because the kids are getting so much messaging and they just get stuck in their mind. When kids get stuck in their thoughts and they're alone in their thoughts, who knows what's going on in the stories they're telling themselves. So it's really important to remind them all the time that you are a leader. This is what a leader is. You're a good person. And that was great that you did this or did that. And I I saw that. I saw the way you did. You're valued. I see you. I hear you. I I value you. Those messages need more and more and more of those like daily. Okay. So we want to talk to our kids about leadership. We want to talk about what it is, what it can look like in their life, leading themselves as well as leading others. And I want to talk just a tiny bit about that, the leading others, because what I said in the beginning about college applications and scholarship applications, it's true. Everything's leadership, leadership. I see these kids going out and trying to be part of a bunch of different organizations and trying to get this leadership role in an organization when it isn't even something that speaks to them because they think they have to check off a bunch of boxes to be able to say, I'm worthy, I'm worthwhile, I'm a leader. And I know that as I taught, you know, as my girls went through that phase and their friends did, we had a lot of conversations and I started calling it quiet leadership. I don't even know if that's a thing, but it worked with these kids. And it just, again, like you said, having conversations with them and showing them places where they lead, where 
they were, you know, just a, a great participant. My one daughter was in Taekwondo. And after she, you know, as she was doing lessons, and especially after she got her black belt, she was just helping other people during the lessons. I'm like, that's leadership, supporting yeah. them, showing them, you know, being there for other people's leadership. So what are some of the other things we can talk to our kids about in terms of leadership? Like if we want to tell them, it's not just being president, leadership yeah. of others look, can look like what? Yeah, I, I love that, Sandy. I love the quiet leadership. That's awesome. That that's so important. I oh, I think I have to steal that. You can do <laughs> that. That's so good. I love the quiet leadership because it is true. It's not just a role that everybody can see. It's not the team captain is the only one that's the leader. If you think of a football team, just because football is going on, I love football. You have the captain of the team. We have all of these players that are leaders in their role and their singular role. And that's the same with you. Like you might be part of a team and you're not the captain, but you have a role on that team. And every role you play is a leadership role as you're with your friends, with your, maybe you're the support, you know, it doesn't have to be the person that says, Hey, let's do this. Let's go and do this. Let's go and do this. It can be that friend. It can be that, you know, you help the teacher, you help the kid at school in the hall that, that's being picked on or the kid that no one really pays attention to, but you go and say hi to that kid. That's taking leadership. You know, it shows, it just shows up everywhere. It's how you show up in the world to support yourself and others. And I go back to, to that um, definition. Everyone is leader by choice or by default. So you can choose to kind of, like go sit back or you can choose to be the person that is there to support and motivate yourself and others into action. Even if it's just someone and it's not a just, but just to listen to somebody, to encourage somebody, Hey, what, maybe you should go talk to your mom or maybe you should talk to your teacher. So encouragement, listening, listening is a huge leadership quality, even more important than talking. You know, we have two, ears and one mouth. So all of those qualities, other than accountability, responsibility, being that person to lean on communication, belief in somebody, belief is a good quality. Let someone else know that you believe in them. Maybe they don't believe in themselves. There's so many ways that you can show up as a leader, as a quiet leader. Oh, I, I love that quiet leadership. Well, and, and it's so interesting because I'm sorry. I was, so my other daughter, when she was going through this, she was a volunteering kid. She just, she loved it. She loved service. She never wanted to be in the leadership roles of those committees and things. She wanted to actually be out there doing things. And when it came time to write the essays and do the applications, she was stumped because that's all she could think of. So we sat down and we talked about her life. And, and one of the things that she had done is she was on a swim team. And while she was there, she just loved being there. She loved being with the people. She loved being with the kids. And she noticed one of the teachers had a huge class of little kids. So she offered to help. And then the next thing you know, she brought another friend with her and then another friend. And there were like three or four of them helping this coach. And then it kind of turned into this ad hoc extra teacher coaches 
type of mm -hmm. situation, which carried on for a while. So we talked about how that was leadership too. So she got the essays and things done. But what I'm seeing now, Renee, is what you said is because we had those conversations and I showed her that and I showed her other places where she had led when she got into college, she took those leadership positions on in the organizations. And by her senior year, she had a dream of being president of their student volunteer organization because she wanted to increase the impact that organization had. And I don't know, maybe she would have done it anyway. She grew a lot in those college years. But I'm wondering now if part of that was, as you said, if we talk to them about it and show them where they are showing up as a leader, that they really are that person. They have that in them and they already do it. Then yes. it's not such a stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's, I think that is such a key element because it's just not a conversation that people have, you know, teens as leaders, it's just not a conversation that parents have. It's not a conversation. I, ta I taught high school for 18 years. And so I always supported and guided my students. But if I was there now, I would be telling them, Hey, you guys are all leaders in your own rights. And even as a math teacher, I probably would have taken time and said, what are you doing? That's a leader. What are you doing? That's a leader. What are, what are you doing? That's a leader. Cause it's really hard for kids too. And, and teenager and young adults to see the good in themselves. It's really, you know, we're all our own worst critic. And it's so, and it's uncomfortable for teenagers to talk about the things that they like about themselves. They, they really struggle with that. And I was just talking to a teen this week about it. And I was like, well, tell me what you do. Tell me the like five good things about yourself. And they're like silent. They're like, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. It's uncomfortable. And so helping them to see these good qualities in themselves and have them come out with, come up with them, you know? So talk about it and say, where else do you see yourself as a leader? And as they like, kind of look back, they'll be like, oh, I did this and I did this and I did this. And it's so empowering for them to see, yeah, you know, I am a leader. I don't, I don't need to be the president. I am a leader. And the more we talk about it and share the, all those qualities and bring it to the attention. And yeah, I think it's so powerful. So that's awesome that your daughter did that and started to see that in herself. Well, and again, too, you talked about what you just said, where else do you see yourself as a leader? And I think just as we lead by example, they can also just lead by example. If they're a member of the team and they're not the captain or any other quote unquote position of importance, or they're on the committee or the council. And again, they're, they're a member of it. They're not leading that as far as positions are concerned, showing up on time, helping yeah. out, cleaning up, setting up, making sure things happen. You know, those little behind the scene things are also leading by example. And I love this conversation, Renee. This is amazing. So I appreciate you sharing this with us. For listeners who want more from you, where can they get that? I am on Facebook and it's, you could just, my name, Renee Sinning. It's a, I have a business page, Renee Sinning Coaching. And I'm on LinkedIn and a little bit on Instagram. I have a YouTube, video, I have some videos up on YouTube. Everything's just under my name. So I think you could probably just Google and, and I know you're going to have some things in the, um, in your notes. We'll have a link to your website in the show notes so they can definitely get to your site and then find you from there as well. So thank you so much for taking the time to join us today, Renee. Thank you, Sandy. Glad to be here.
And thank you everyone for listening today. Remember, if you're here, you're listening, you are a mighty parent. Please rate and review the podcast. Share it with another parent so that they can help their teens. And give yourself a little grace and a pat on the back for being a mighty parent, for being here, for showing up. And remember that you got this. And I will see you next week.